and all the little children of any age group up to 90 or 100 um, have to be good parrots and just go along with it because that's how we're seen, we're little, little children. And we wouldn't understand why these new changes have to come on, a completely new way of living, uh, a whole idea to serve the government ultimately for everyone will serve the, the world state. And that, that sounds great for the, the old communists, the old-time communists, but in reality, even the higher communists know that uh, they had just as much of a class system within communism because they had the intelligentsia. And then you have the dominant minority above that, no different than the West. In fact, it's the same bunch that run the West. So we're on this roll towards totalitarianism. It's all on the books. All the laws are there waiting to get used, and the public are still grazing because they haven't seen them put into effect yet. Hundreds and hundreds of laws. Um, and it's quite interesting that even the Constitution and the Bill of Rights took direct quotes from the Magna Carta. Uh, that was the first tentative law, official laws put out in the, on the books for a for the West in England uh, in 1215 and published in 1216 and then added to right up to the year 2025 or so where everybody was put in their place. The church was put in a separate place and uh, the royalty and the nobility were put in another category and then had subcategories down to tenants and subtenants and so on. But it was the first attempt uh, to establish some sort of rights for people. And even though it's harped on today that we're, we're losing all of that, even at the time it was more in writing than enacted because um, it's meant more since that era than it was actually meant in that era. It was, it was taken kind of lightly then. However, at least the attempt was put down to give rights to the individual and it states right there too, it would stop, although it didn't, it would stop um, individuals from being snatched by governments and simply imprisoned indefinitely without trial. That was one of the big ones. That's all gone out the window now because um, uh, in the US, which is the same as Britain and Canada, we're all following the same agenda and format scripted by the same people, um, they can just grab you on their suspicion, which doesn't have to be admitted as to what their suspicion is, and lock you up indefinitely and try you secretly with a, a military court, even though you're a civilian. So effectively, they've just tossed even the Magna Carta out the window and reverted back to a thousand years ago at least officially, and it's always been done unofficially, but now they're making it official, they can just do that. So no one has any rights anymore. Um, yeah, it's interesting that in the late 90s, Alan Rock, who was the he, a lifelong politician, one of these guys you know is working for the bigger boys, the grey men that go between the real elite and the public, uh, he was made uh, the Attorney General for Canada. And he came out with this 
massive bill, which was basically War Powers Act, where even the local newspapers, uh, which is rare for them to do any inquiry at all, uh, were, were scratching their heads and saying, why is this man putting uh, basically a war bill through, martial law bill through, with the same stuff as came later in the U.S.? Why is he doing that now when nothing's happening? The Cold War was supposedly over. We didn't have that during the Cold War. We didn't have uh, the Bill 6166 of the U.S. during the Cold War. Um, so why are they doing it now? We never had it during World War II. Uh, why is it all happening now because of one supposed caveman hiding out in the hills between Afghanistan and Pakistan? Uh, so the real reason, of course, is nothing to do with him. It's an agenda that was pre-planned, has to go ahead, and through the old techniques, the standard old techniques of totalitarians, because they always think the same way, they'll just simply terrorize the public into obeying their new mandates. And shortly it'll be time, just like the Soviet Union, where you'll see your neighbors uh, getting snatched in the middle of the night and locked up, and you'll say to yourself, well, they must have done something wrong or that wouldn't happen to them, because that's how it worked in the Soviet Union. And now you're about to see it happen here. There'll be, you wouldn't even dare inquire. You would even go and inquire as to what happened to them in case you get locked up next for inquiring. Because that also happened in the Soviet Union. It's the era of control freaks, tyranny. You know, you can go into the, the, the ancient uh, tyrants of Rome. And they had a category, it was a legal category, where they could have a tyrant in power uh, during times of civil unrest or massive uh, corruption of government, which happened every so often. Uh, that's traditional, again, with humankind. And uh, the nastiest of them, uh, and the Caesars and the Caligula and different ones, they did not have the power written in uh, that they've given themselves in the West today. They've, gone be they've surpassed the worst tyrants in history. Where, they, where they've actually put down in writing the right to use torture on civilians, on any suspicion, uh, without, the, without even the legal necessity of informing the relatives what happened to them, or where they are, or even if they're alive or dead, or why they were picked up, or if they've, if they've been tortured or not, or killed, or, or even buried and disposed of, or shot up the, trim, the chimney like, uh, like Winston in 1984 in a cloud of smoke. This is supposed to be the pinnacle of civilization. And here we are in the worst horror show coming upon us uh, than Hollywood's ever given us. Although they, they had a lot to do with the preparing of our mindset to accept this stuff. Uh... What's happened to the people? And why are they so sure at the top that the public will accept it? Because they are confident the public will accept it. And the reason being is to do with communications and scientific 
downloading of information to, to prepare us for it all. We've been getting prepared most of our lives for what's coming. And again, Hollywood has, has done a great job. Uh, TV dramas and have, have done a fantastic job. And today the public can't really tell the difference between fact and fiction. It's all one big mush. It's hard to differentiate uh, what we're given by the one-eyed monster, Lucifer's eye there, you know, the eye of Ra or Horus, the television. It's hard to differentiate what's factual anymore, what's real, uh, especially when you watch so much blood and guts and and uh, and even, of course, in the docu in the dramas are given you for cops and stuff. Well, the cops just have to break the law themselves to get the bad guy. And if that means using torture, well, that's okay because we're going to save lives by using torture. And this is how it's been projected into us. And we we, we don't we don't even question that because it's got gun in a, a fictional form. And in a sense, a lot of people will equate torture for a good reason. Well, it must be for a good reason. So here we are with a modern version of an ancient ritual of torture and imprisonment, snatching people out of their homes or off the streets. Uh, calling, at one time they called them dissidents. Now they're terrorists. If you have a thought that's not politically correct, well, my God, you're a terrorist. You have a thought crime, Orwell's thought crime. Hmm, how would you eliminate thought crime? Well, you just make sure that most people cannot think and you'll have less thought crime. The, the terms that are used today came out of the big laboratory called the Soviet Union. We have direct translations of phrases used in communist Russia. And uh, political correctness is one of them, directly translated from Russian. Anti-government is another one. That's a term that first started to appear in the late 90s, very, very subtly at first in the media, anti-government, you know, um, which is an odd phrase when you think about it, uh, because it meant that now if you criticize government policy, you're anti-government uh, rather than simply criticizing a particular policy, which makes you wonder if, if, if opposition parties are therefore anti-government and they'll lock them up. I, I somehow doubt it since they all belong to the same rich boy clubs as the other party. But that's where your logic would take you, if you have it. We're watching the setting up where they give themselves laws to bring upon us a period of barbarism instigated from the top to push a public through into the next part of the system which will take up to a generation or so. It's really the children they're after. And the children who are weaned on video games to do with killing and slaughtering and torturing and, and all that kind of stuff will say to themselves, well, there's only two choices to make in life. Either either join the winners because they don't want to join the losers and they dream of wearing a, their black outfit and their little submachine gun and <clears throat> jumping through windows and killing people. Uh, they'll be the good guys then, you see. And it's all been done through scientific processes of fiction and drama, where the, the good guys now used to be called the bad guys. People who wore masks in the past used to be called bandits. 
Uh, now the guys who wear masks and wear black are the executioners, but they're, they're good guys. They're good guy executioners. Uh, really, they started this whole format of getting guys used to the, the SWAT team type cop was with that New York uh, NYPD Blue series, where they, they give a very character, even the SWAT team leader, a sort of human characteristic. Uh, and, and eventually you sort of, well, you understand him, he's not so bad. Uh, and then you forget what his real purpose is, because he wouldn't be in that job, which is ultimately to go in and kill people, uh, unless he wanted to be there. It's, it's not a job you, you put down on your, you know, what you like to do. Oh, I like to go and kill people. Uh, that's okay for special forces. Um, we can always recruit the psychopaths for special forces and then lock them up when they're put into city street because they might kill people at home. Uh, unless the government uses them covertly, and that's still okay. We're really going ahead into this, and the public are slumbering. They're fast asleep. Uh, those who understand this much of what's happening are naturally afraid. And they know they'll be the targets. Uh, those who are asleep have no worries, really, because they'll, they'll probably go along with everything and anything. And no matter how ridiculous uh, the reasons are given, uh, they'll do it. That's the history of humankind. The boys at the top employ think tanks by the thousands to work out all these little snares and problems and snags uh, to make sure they have plain sailing. And they bring in professors of history. They bring in top sociologists and psychologists. Uh, not the, the little guys at the bottom. I'm talking about the big boys at specific universities. And they always have used these people because they know that what's happened in the past, what's worked in the, on the public in the past, can be repeated if they know the formula how to bring it on. And Plato talked about that in the Republic. Whatever has been done or people have been encouraged to do in the past and has been successful will all, can always be reintroduced in the future. And as long as you know the format, you do this first, you do this second, you do this third, then the public will respond in kind and do exactly what you want. It's almost a mathematical sequence of various formats. That's how it works. And think tanks have this kind of data. They live on data. Uh, the information age. It's really information on human behavior. Uh, they got this initially from the first big advertising companies that were thrown up, especially in New York, who had to find the weaknesses of people because advertising wants to... To, to make you do something you hadn't thought of doing yourself uh, so that other ones who pay for the advertising are going to profit by it. So they, they, they have to learn the psychology, your weaknesses, basically. Male, female, uh, age groups, male and female, right down to teeny boppers. Um, they even have six, uh, a different category, category of advertising now aimed directly at pre-pubertal children, you see, specialized categories, so that those children will nag their parents to get what they want. And it's not really what they want, it's what they've been told they want by, by the big uh, advertising agencies, who understand them very well and, and put these ads across in a way a person of that age would understand. 
but they don't understand they're being manipulated, you see. We live in a, a world of mass manipulation. It's interesting that even Madame Blavatsky, who was a theosophist, and gave away some proofs that she was just a front person for the bigger powers. She said, one of her last speeches, uh, that she saw a time coming when a science would be used on the public which could manipulate their very thoughts and the public would be unaware of it. It would be the most powerful tool ever, ever devised. And she certainly made enough mistakes in her life, uh, even as a front person, um, it just proves that she, that's all she was, was a front person. Um, she didn't understand the whole agenda herself. As we go through this phase of uh, apparent chaos and crisis, um, the, a neurosis builds up amongst the people. And it's encouraged as well, because fear makes people obedient. But throughout that fear... They turn to all kinds of things to try and find some relief, some escapism. Uh, traditionally, that the religions, the mainstream religions, uh, start to pick up on people coming back or coming into them looking for answers or comfort, or, or just someone to say, "There, there, don't worry, God's in control." Um, other ones uh, are being encouraged to go into what's called the New Age movement, where they, 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 they wiggle pendulums before they can make a move or even go to the bathroom um, or, or they'll play with tarot cards or, or various other things to try and give them a, a feeling that everything's preordained and if you just do it the right way you'll, you'll get the right preordination and you'll get the good one, not the bad one You see, so magic is what they resort to hope through magic uh, hope through the ability to manipulate unseen forces uh, to save them, because technically they're right in one sense. Um, they know that there, there's no complaints department set up to to stop, just through complaining, all that's coming down from happening. And they can't handle the stress, so technically that they're cracking up and they're looking for a relief because we're going through a, a period where those who do understand certain things are under more stress, in a sense, than the general public at the moment. Eventually that gets reversed. As the general public have to uh, start to get driven like a herd until they're fully stampeding and the changes come on rapidly, one after another, uh, that's when the public become hyper-neurotic. And the, at the moment, ignorance is bliss for those who are asleep but it's only short-lived. So as I say, those who, who are looking um, at what's happening are going off into every possible imagination and being encouraged to do so because the big think tanks make sure that they supply us with the, uh, let's call them the false prophets who, who take us into la-la land and, uh, and uh, revitalize all the, the ancient uh, dead works, let's say pendulums, um, formulas, magic rituals, uh, which keep you out of the running. It keeps you from saying anything. Uh, it makes you withdraw into a, a nether, nether world of unreality where, where you're now safe. You're, you're playing with magic. Uh, you're not playing against the government. You're playing with magic 
and, and hoping you can manipulate little things in your personal immediate environment. That kind of stuff is encouraged during these times. And we even see that going back to the ancient tyrants of Rome uh, when they would turn the armies against the populace. Uh, all kinds of um, uh, little cult groups sprung up all over the place as people couldn't stand the terror that was going on. In the Soviet Union, uh, although uh, exoterically, the public were supposed to be good atheists. Even when it fell, they found out the top generals, and uh, it was right amongst the army and, and uh, bureaucracies. They were right into to the old black magic stuff, you know, tarot cards again, and um, fortune-telling, and stuff like that, because those who were in the know get a lot of stress as well, because they could be next too. And, um, and, and look for some sort of magical answers to show them there's some kind of fate at work. Fate can be uh, a positive allure, in, in a sense, because you're looking for a promise that you're going to be okay. And a, and a good uh, fakir, you see, that's where the word fake comes from, a good fakir from India, uh, they, they could tell you, they would understand you, first of all, and your psychology, and where you were going with it, so or what you needed, and they would give you two paths, you see. Well, this is going to happen, but you could either go this way or that way. And so one is good, one is bad, and uh, as long as it gives you a way out, or where it appears to be a way out, uh, you can go home and, and, and uh, follow that route, believing you're going to be all right, at least for a little while more, until that date is passed, then you have to go back and ask them, what's, what's the next step, what's going to happen now? And, and you try to keep ahead of the game by paying for an insight into a, a possibility of the future. That's what fakirism is all about. Um, that doesn't mean you say that all, all um, uh, uh, psychic ability is, is fake, it's just, it, but most of it is uh, when it charges money. That's the sad truth here. Uh, there's a lot of psychology involved. Uh, and if you want to go and study it, you study it yourself because you'll find that for yourself. There's a lot of psychology to do in, in uh, this whole movement of uh, um, supposedly the paranormal. And once you start to understand the, the formulas and techniques that are used, it'll dispel some of the myths that you might have believed yourself. Now it'll make sense why they could know this or appear to know it. And most of the time, they didn't know it. Uh, you're jumping on a straw, which has is painted many colors, and sure enough, one of those colors is the one you, you, you thought it was going to be. You just don't have to see all the rest of the colors, because it was painted that way for all the other decisions you could have made. So this is, this is a, a field in itself. Normal psychic ability um, should be present in, in children. Uh, that's why the youth are guaranteed always to be a ready market for the occult, because everyone goes through it. Every teenager is fascinated by that which fascinates them. The invisible world, the possibilities out there, the possibilities of forces. And so you can always manipulate. Uh, it's a good income for those, the same as in religion. It's a good income, a guaranteed income, because all teenagers will go through that phase. And so you have the same writers or new writers using the same old stuff from old books, just rehashing it and rehashing it. 
kind of a guaranteed audience uh, of those who want to be fascinated. But it never gives them a lasting truth. It just fascinates them. It's like an addiction to chocolate or sugar or whatever for a while until you grow up. And then when you grow up, you're, you're into the world system. Any natural abilities you had generally get lost in your psychic abilities as you start to get worried and you live in a daily strife trying to make marriages work that can't work because, because the system has made it so. Has made it so. Uh, people um, get married for hormonal reasons. They're still trying to emulate that which was before. But uh, neither male nor female can be at peace with each other anymore. <clears throat> All the rules that have gone out the window that made it work before, it was forced before, uh, they no longer apply. Uh, when the hormonal haze wears off, um, then you'll find there's a stranger living with you. And, and he or she has been conditioned through the media to tell her, he or she what they want. And uh, this is what you find. It's, it's non-functional, it's dysfunctional now. We're trying to emulate that which went before, and it's now obsolete. And the media, and all the magazines, and all the dramas, and etc., etc., are hammering away to ensure that it doesn't work. And governments pay organizations to give out propaganda aimed at male or female to make sure it doesn't work. And the couples end up blaming themselves eventually. They don't realize that they didn't have a leg to stand on in the first place. This was prepared long ago. This whole phase we've lived through, just like we're going through this phase that's coming, is starting now. Prepared long ago. You can't change an entire system without controlling all of that system and preparing the way. We live in a system that lives on punishment and reward. Punishment is not having that what you're supposed to have, according to the media and all the advertisers. Reward is when you, you do the right things to get the paper or money or whatever, whatever you want to call it to, to get the reward uh, for self-gratification. So you work for your week or your month, then you pay yourself at the end so much out of all that that you owe uh, to get some plastic junk from China, which makes you feel good. Makes you feel all that slavery and, and boring uh, work you put in is paid off. You bought this little plastic junk, which will break down shortly, and it doesn't matter because then you have to buy a new one and, and that's what it's all based on, you have to buy a new one. You feel good for a little while. Uh, if, 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 if things that the ad sold you made you happy, you'd have bought everything that made you happy. But now, have you noticed no one's happy? From, from toothpaste to toothpicks to whatever, there's a smiling face there telling you how wonderful it's made their life. Uh, just, it's fulfilled it. There's nothing more ridiculous than exercise machines. Anybody who stands and runs on an exercise machine with a big silly grin on their face is crazy. I've never seen it. Except on television, when they're selling them. They're trying to sell you a dream, a happiness. They don't, tell, they don't sell you a thing. They sell you happiness, an illusion. And that's where our whole system so far has been based on. And the, system, the way we're going through the next phase 
it will come out where everyone is supposed to serve the system. There'll be less personal rewarding. You know, the rat won't go to the little thing and pull the lever and get its seed as its reward. You won't do that anymore. You'll, you'll simply obey and be fed very much like ancient Egypt was run. <clears throat> Egypt was like a socialist system run by a dominant minority at the top with the priesthood intelligentsia directing all the affairs of the people, for, like bureaucrats, and then all the masses below, tradesmen, right down to ordinary people. And, uh, and they all got fed by the state for the quota of work. The higher ones, the priesthoods, got about, I think it was two gallons of beer per day, personally, per person. So at least they were kind of happy performing their work. And I'm sure it increased the, the height of the Nile as a side effect. But anyway... We're going through systems. That's what I'm trying to get uh, across here. Prepared in advance, on a huge scale, by thousands of think tanks, who've looked at every possibility of every type of person and personality and how the reactions to each part of this program uh, will be countered or seen by different groups and have already worked out in advance before they even begin um, how those different segments of society will, will oppose them or try to or whatever. And they've got their, their guys up ready to take over the what appears to be oppositions who say all the right things and you'll back them to the hilt and then, then you'll end up exactly where you didn't want to go and you'd wonder why you got there. This is an old science which is perpetuated down through the ages right down, as I say, to the use of religions um, including what we now call New Age, which is just the old age stuff, rehashed, um, and people looking for escapist philosophies. Um, psychiatry, I'm sure, will do a great business in psychology as we go through the next phase where people start to get picked up and simply disappear out of their homes, uh, all thanks to governments and government policies. And initially, as I say, the, the neighbors will say, well, they must have done something wrong because the government will have done it otherwise until they see too many getting picked up and it might even be themselves, you see. And we'll all be in the same little cell as Winston was with his next-door neighbor. And his next-door neighbor will say, stay away, Winston, they caught me. I'm a thought criminal. I didn't know it myself. It was my daughter that found out. Thank goodness she caught me before I got worse. And then you see that Bush even had a it wants to test for psychological problems amongst the general population. Right out of 1984. Right out of 1984. Then they can prevent you. See, everybody potentially under the law, and uh, law enforcement can only take you to the same stage eventually, to keep everybody safe. They can, you can have no rights whatsoever, obviously, because they're all just too stupid to have rights. So there has to be a law about everything. And there pretty well is today. So we're getting hemmed in by laws and compliance with laws and the necessity ritual of showing that we're complying with laws, uh, which takes away all rights whatsoever. All decision-making, in fact, goes out the window under the pretense of, the pretense of, of keeping us safe. Uh, and that's what's taught in, in law enforcement. Uh, 
it can't go in any other direction, in fact. So it's only natural in a time of control freaks. The main control freaks get to the top. They see the other departments using it from military right through, and then they all go in a roll to catch cash in because they think it's a free-for-all where they can pass any kind of law they want and, and get, get their way, which they do for a while. That's traditional, too, in history. They do until there's so much chaos with all their cross laws and different departments standing on each other's toes uh, that, there's a, that eventually it starts crumbling and falling apart. And they try and deal with that with even more horror and terror uh, rather than take a good look at themselves, causing the problem in the first place. During the Inquisition, we saw the Church, which was a big, powerful force at the time, the Roman Catholic Church. Uh, we saw that going on the rampage. Uh, uh, whole villages were called out when the Inquisition arrived in Europe. And uh, you were given a chance to confess as a whole village, you know, they'd say, we know, we know there's people here who have been thinking about or doing black magic, you see, um, or practicing Satanism. So if you tell us right now, uh, we'll go easy with you. Uh, if you don't, we have to torture out of you. Well, you'll could, could be damned forever and you might die too. So people would start making up stories right there and then on the village square and coming out with the most outlandish things taking their little punishment of a few strokes of the whip the repenting and and uh, asking forgiveness and yada yada and if enough of them did it it might satiate the sadism within these inquisitors and they'd uh, hear all the confessions and give them their benedictions and, and go home or go to the next town or village and it's a sad, sad state when, when that happens. Well, you see, the American Psychological Association for years has gone along the same path as that, as, as has the police. The American Psychological Association has been trying to determine uh, who will be a criminal. Um, and then that started really with them when they were part of the eugenicist movement under the Rockefeller Foundation in the 1920s. It's now called bioethics committees, so it's much more gentler and, and society-orientated. But it's the same thing. If they can just look at someone or look at their blood or their DNA or whatever, they might just be able to tell you how you're going to end up, catch you before it happens, and program you, you see, um, and indoctrinate you into who they want you to be, rather than let you allow yourself to come to, the, to what you'd like yourself to be by yourself. So the American Psychological Association has said many times in their publications uh, that everyone's a potential criminal. Which is true if you go straight by legalism and the terms of legalism. Um, if it's a crime to defend yourself, if someone's going to try to kill you uh, and, and you defended yourself, then technically, yeah, you're a criminal. And since everything that lives, even mice, will scratch the noses of cats if they're cornered to try to fight to the last, a rabbit will bite you if you put its hands down its burrow um, to protect its young. Uh, well, they're all criminals, you see. So you can make any natural action a criminal action. And they have been doing this piecemeal, little by little, for the last 20-odd years.
So un- until they make you the new Soviet, world Soviet man, which is just a robot, basically, who is predictable, uh, then the world can't be safe. And all we have to give up is a right to think for ourselves, react as any living creature should react to save its own life. That's all we have to do is give that up and kiss the ring off the king and they'll go easy with us. Isn't it odd how tyranny and tyrants and and megalomaniacs never change? Never change. Um, Until literally human nature changes by some other means, it will always repeat itself in phases. Because tyrants always rise to the top. Those normal people don't look for power. Only the, the real criminal class go into politics. They crave power. They're good liars. They're psychopathic. That's why they lie so readily and easily to people. And they don't blush when they're caught in a lie, as a normal person would. The superego takes over a psychopath. They run on ego. You can call them the worst possible things, and it runs off their back like water off a duck. That's why they go into politics. But as long as they know what the public want to hear, they'll tell you what you want to hear. They'll do something differently, but they'll always tell you what you want to hear. And those same people fight like cats and dogs amongst themselves in the most sociable way, as they have drinky poos and clink glasses at the cocktail parties and uh, smile and, and put on all the fakery towards each other because each one wants to get above the next by crawling over them. They'd love to see their opposition crushed so they can get up, up there. You know, king tyrant. That's the real world that they live in. There's no compassion of any kind. It's a psychopathic world. Now, how can a psychopath feel safe in a world where he knows he's abused everyone else? The only way he can feel safe is by causing terror on all those beneath him. Standard, routine, routine, perfectly understandable. And we're seeing it being enacted now by a small group, basically, backed though by the bigger powers. And... And they're on a roll. 6166. Bill 6166. In the US. 6106, then you're left with 6 and 6. And they love to play these little silly games out of the Kabbalah on us all the time because we're such idiots, you see. And we just don't know what they mean, eh? Uh, duh. And, uh, and they love to, sh- to throw that little religion in, their, in our faces. The time to speak out anywhere is now. Well, at least you can technically be locked up for asking a question. That's coming. I mean, that's coming. That's on the books. Asking a question eventually will be too dangerous. But now is the time to speak out about this. Some are doing it everywhere they go. There's choices and chances every day to to mention what's coming along here.
because the time is shortly here, we will see all of these laws enacted. It'll be just like the, the movie, which I highly recommend, called Brazil, made by the guy who did a lot of Monty Python movies. It's a comedy, a satirical comedy on a, a bureaucratic future where people are assassinated by mistake because of names. Names are slightly different or get, get mixed up in a machine. And you'll see the SWAT teams just cutting holes in the roofs as you're sitting watching TV and coming flying down and taking you off. And you just disappear from society. And uh, that is coming. That's coming. And they have plenty of the, the dead. You know, people, recruits from the dead to wear the, the black outfits to come and do it. I've seen it in the movies. Their heroes are dressed like that now. They want to be on the winning team. They want to be able to, to wield a machine gun and just blow people away, like all their heroes did since the days of Rambo. That's what they've been weaned on. And their parents allowed them to watch the stuff as they're being weaned on it. Because their parents were too busy enjoying themselves elsewhere. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to speak out now while you got a chance? And just tell them they can't do what they're doing. As I say, they're putting us back to the Middle Ages. They're putting us back a million years but at least removing from at least the exoteric documentation of the possibility of rights of the individual. They're, they're just throwing it out the window. And we're going back into the Dark Ages. A small coterie of fanatics, religious fanatics too, because they have their owner in their religion. And they're ruthless. Who envisage the type of world they want to hammer it into regardless of the fallout amongst the people, the cost of making it so. And we've watched all these laws being put on. They don't put laws on the books by the thousands so that they can sit back and admire them. They do it in preparation of using them. People often ask, is, it, is this just a physical thing? Of course it's not a physical thing. What do you think you're, you're seeing when you're seeing born perpetual liars on television telling you why, what they're doing and why they're going to do it? From, from uh, the first appearances of the big boys in 2001, giving us these, again, these paternal Soviet-style speeches uh, and lying their faces off, and even being caught in the lies, and coming back on TV the next day and repeating the same lies, over and over again, utterly shameless. What do you think you're seeing there? You see, if you had a person amongst society at your own level, you'd have to say they're sick, at the very least. Uh, they'd be diagnosed as psychopathic, and... And here we are, watching this bunch even use the terminology that's meant to throw us off balance. 
uh, it's, it's almost a, a pre-Talmudic logic um, where they say, well, well, the reason these people want to kill us all, these people, you know, the guys out in the caves over there, uh, is because uh, they hate us. That's the answer we get. That, that's the answer. This is the first time in history this type of strange logic has been used as an excuse. And, and repeated repetition is a big thing with these boys. They're, they're, they know that it takes eight times at least before the average individual will start to repeat it themselves robotically. And so, so they come out and say that it's because they hate us. Now, this is for, now in, in olden times, when the Normans came into England and the Saxons fought them, it wasn't necessarily that the, the Saxons had any personal like, like hate against them. They just naturally fought invaders. As did anybody else who got invaded, you see. Uh, that used to be called normality, a normal response to being attacked. And so here we are across the Middle East, and, and the reason that those insurgents, these people, they call insurgents, they first use the term insurgency in Vietnam. Uh, they don't call them the, the other name because they don't want us to identify with a real physical human being. So they call them this odd, almost cold clinical term called insurgent. But, uh, yeah, these insurgents are, are fighting them over there because they hate them. What, what, do they want these people to bring out food to them and welcome them as heroes or something? Does it take over the oil and the culture and, and tell them, no, you can't live, live like this, you've got to copy the West. You've got to get strip joints and abortion clinics and drug addicts on the street uh, and, and be run by crooked politicians. Yeah? Would we love that? Is that what we should love? And it's no coincidence they're using this term hate because that's been pushed for the last 10 to 15 years through school because it was that generation who are now in their 20s um, and in the armies and so on who, who never questioned that word hate, the anti-hate laws and anti-hate hate. They thought it meant something else. Now it's been broadened to encompass uh, anybody else who doesn't agree with you. Hate, you see. Uh, and I've studied history. I've never found where someone who was the hero of his nation for defending it was called a hater. It's a brand new phenomena. Yeah. Brand new phenomena. Or, or would, or would really the, all the Arabs in the Arab countries? Uh, is there something wrong with them for for for, for being angry at people who come in? taking away their culture, taking, take, try to take away their way of life. Uh, they've got UNESCO in there to indoctrinate the children and to be the first westernized Arabs so they can be the ones to grow up and they probably run the businesses of the abortion clinics and the strip joints and the drugs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, should those people love that? Hmm. So with the use of words... Again, something else which George Orwell warned us about. When the dictionary gets thinner and thinner every year until ultimately it'll be so thin you won't have the words to express yourself and you can't convey a, a, a terrorist thought, you see, and a, a thought crime because you won't have the vocabulary to get it across to anybody. 
uh, that's called linguistic minimalism. So they said these are plus good and plus bad and so on like that. Ungood, good and ungood and all that kind of stuff. We're seeing it being used today. And Orwell wasn't a science fiction writer. Orwell worked for the big boys. He worked for the BBC during World War II. He said in his own biography, he says, he says, I had to lie to the public, he said, to make them believe that the cheaper cuts of meat that, that was available during, during the war, all the ration stuff, all the stuff they'd normally throw away, was actually better for them than the stuff they, that they'd had before. That was the, the Department of Propaganda. And that's where he realized that by the terminology that they were trained to use, they could convince the public of anything. And we're seeing that technique used today. At least Orwell got out of it. He didn't agree with it. But he, luckily, maybe for us, he could tell us what was going to happen because he was in on it. He was chosen at university, at Cambridge University, and trained for his role in life. But he stepped out of it. Most go along with it. The world they want to create is just another deviation on the deviant society of today. What we think is normal life is a deviancy of life because the cities were the first things that they built that were unnatural. Anything that's unnatural to begin with can only spawn off another generation of more unnaturalness or deviancy. And that's why Plato called them the beehives. Those, these would be the beehives of the agenda of the plan. <coughs> you couldn't do it normally. So we're moving from the, the deviant society, the dysfunctional society of today, where we're trained like Pavlov's dogs, that, that, that the only thing in life is just to personally be happy, which equates to buying something at the end of the month, and rewarding yourself like, like a, a, a rat trained by Pavlov. That's supposed to be the meaning of life. That's all we need to know. Say they, you see. The rest of the time, they'll entertain you to death with other people's ideas. You don't have to even participate or think for yourself anymore. It's all done for you. So what, ultimately, there's not a lot to give up, really, when you think about it. Most of us have never used our brains to any capacity to figure things out. Most people, and I'm talking about most people, are, seem to be content having everything laid on for them, including the thoughts and their entertainments and pastimes. It's all laid out by others, professionals, who simply download it into you. And even the jokes are so ridiculously absurd on television, you don't have to tr sit and figure them out. You just laugh when the canned laughter comes on. That's your cue to respond, again, like Pavlov's uh, creatures. That's the world we're living at the moment. This is an unnatural system. So we're just moving from one unnatural phase to the next unnatural phase, from one form of deviancy to the next deviancy. We're so far removed from normality, we don't know what it is anymore. Anthropologists and zoologists, the big sciences that came in to help manipulate us towards this agenda, and they banked their hopes on these people 
by studying human behavior how we could manipulate it en masse. And uh, look at the, the so-called arrested cultures. Uh, they're still quite happy making their own stone axes and, and living with the materials around them. And they don't have a profit system. You know? they, they make everything they need. Uh, uh, they seem to be living quite in harmony with nature. They're not destroying nature in, in the process. Only profit does that. And, uh, and greed. And we call them arrested civilizations because, because they haven't wanted or had that deviant need to go on to any next phase, you see. They have a full meaning of life, which we don't have anymore. Uh, they discuss their, their dreams in the Amazon when they get up in the morning, round a fire. And no matter how long it takes, because there's no clock there, you see, and they don't have to rush off to the office, they can sit and discuss all the things that come. And all this has meaning. They have no psychiatrists, psychologists, therapists, um, Buddhist monasteries where they go om or chant to the sun or whatever. They have none of that, have no need of that. They're living, they are living with nature. And yet we call them primitive. Even though they're the, probably the only people left on the world who have a full life with full meaning in it. They don't need to know uh, who discovered the atom or, or why or what to do with it. It's irrelevant. Or, or who are the main composers of the, of, of the 19th and 18th centuries. It's all irrelevant. They have more going on in their heads than you could ever, ever imagine. And it makes sense to them. But we call them arrested civilizations. Uh, they don't have to buy steel axes because they can make their own. If they forget to make their own, they're dependent on a system. They know that. And they pass on traditions, oral traditions, to each other that give them meaning and, and it makes sense to them. And they have no high blood pressure. They'll say a good age, full life, and we call them primitive. They don't need computers or electricity. So, yeah, this is where we are. We want to destroy the last of all of that. Uh, those in between, and of course the Arab cultures, uh, we're going to standardize everything into the same system. Uh, it started with no child left behind. Uh, it's still that, but it's also no nation left behind, no people left behind. We've all to get stamped into the same mold and go through this system to wherever it's taking us. And we know really where it is taking us is to be a, a scientifically controlled society where you won't have to think at all and you won't have the ability to think ultimately when eventually they eventually chip people's brains and make us all more efficient. Hollywood goes out the window, you won't need that anymore eventually, the final stage of it. And uh, you'll be programmed. You could be a plumber one day and an electrician the next. And, and not even remember one or the other. And you go into a little cubicle like seven of nine in Star Trek and, uh, and, be, and be recharged for the next day. That's their brave new world. It's difficult to go further with all of this with people because 
most people truly only want the world to stop right now and don't get any worse with all of its corruption. Just don't let it get any worse. They don't, I don't mind the corruption here. I don't mind the corruption there. I don't mind all the all the the, the, the people who are into politics and they've got their hands in the public cookie jar and they're ripping us off. They don't mind all this stuff as long as they can continue in their predetermined lives of punishment and reward uh, system. That's really what people want. The world will not be changed by those people who want to keep the system. It wasn't theirs. The part they've lived, they've lived through is now obsolete in the eyes of the controllers who gave you the previous system. It's obsolete. They're upgrading us all to the next stage, which is also theirs. We tend to stop and fight to retain that which is familiar. So even though it's familiar to you because you're born into it, it doesn't mean it was right. The only thing that's right in this world is how you feel to each other, how you react to each other. The, the natural responses and emotions uh, that they've still been trying to hammer out of us. In fact, you'll see that in the big cities like New York, which is maybe the closest thing to how it was in the Soviet system, where you simply don't look in the eyes of anybody on the street as you pass each other by. No human, no real human contact. Depersonalization. That's the artificial system. It doesn't mean that people have to be great, eloquent speakers. What it does mean is that they must control their tempers as they, p they put this across to people, this information, as they put it across to them what is happening. Don't overload them. Just tell them where they're going, quietly, calmly, and leave it with them. That's all you can do. And through that process, eventually you'll hit a person here and there who understands what you're saying, and now you're not so lonely anymore. And you'll have people to talk to or phone up at night to converse with. And you don't make it a bitching session of exchanging the news that is given out for you to bitch about. Uh, just quietly accept it, that you all understand, you're in the know. Because knowing what's happening, as I say, takes away the old story of, of ignorance being bliss. You can't have this ignorant bliss anymore. And you can't go back to it either when you've opened Pandora's box. I'll be doing more, more talks and a whole series of talks, in fact, uh, on this site, on topics which will interest you. I know they will. I also know there are a lot of other authors out there who are picking up a lot of this stuff, as they already have been for years, and, and running with the info, but uh, this is the time to do it. Uh, and this winter, hopefully, I'll be able to put out more videos and maybe uh, another one or two books where I'm snowed in and I can't do much else outside uh, as long as I don't get blizzards every day and have to shovel the snow over you. 
but that's Kesara Sara. And I'm also coming up on a show in Sweden in the near future, so stay tuned to the site for details when it comes. And uh, <clears throat> that, I think that's got a lot, lot of listenership, this particular one, over in Europe. And you'll be able to get it here too. And I, and I thank those who, who have given me uh, verbal support in what I'm doing. I know I've helped along a lot of people along their way because they're in touch with me. And that's what makes it worthwhile. There are those that get beyond the basics. They're beyond the little infighting of who's doing what today. They're beyond the panicking stage. They're past that. They've overcome that. They've done their homework. Uh, and they know what's happening. And they're calm enough about it to be able to go out there and put across to others and help others of our kind. Because we are a kind, you know. We are the last kind. And we might be the last of our kind. Uh, this might just be it the last of this particular type who are able to be cognizant of what's really happening around them. I think the next generation coming up won't have that. Uh, they've had more inoculations than anyone else has ever had and more programming through TV and scientific school programming. They, they probably won't have so much of a chance to break out into full understanding. So it's up to us keep sentience alive and to put the hands out to people who who put it up to you to pull them up. It's up to us to do it. And the only duty we have to do it is not as, as to ourselves and to others. That's it, basically. We have no choice in the matter. Once you really know what's happening, we have no choice. The reason we have no choice is because we're not brain dead. If we were brain dead, we wouldn't be talking like this right now. So we have no choice but to do what we're doing. We also have no choice but to expose the cons that are being used. While we go through all of this, the, the big distractions are purposely put out there. And this winter, as I say, I'll give you far more information on certain aspects of this which we haven't really touched on before. So thanks for listening in. Uh, please give support to this website. And we'll talk to you again. All the best.